What's up, everyone? Welcome to the What's Up You podcast. I'm Kevin, and I am here with a very, very special guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Addie or Adeline. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Addy, did you want to like introduce yourself just by saying like name, grade, age, and how much money you have? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm Addy. My real name is Adeline, though, Adeline Lee. I am 21 years old. Woo! And <laughs> what, what name, age, how much money I have? Not a lot. <laughs> only only smurf dollars only smurf only smurf dollars, <laughs> only smurf dollars. <laughs> only smurf dollars. <laughs> yeah so how has it been <laughs> how's it been dude yeah. honestly it it has been i don't remember the last time like we talked like a year talked ago to you. we talked like yeah literally like a year ago and then we studied in the lrc together yeah wow and then oh i remember okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's been like a year wow that's but yeah oh my gosh okay yeah I yeah so it's been a while but um obviously things are different because it's quarantine but um yeah. I'm a senior now yeah. time is actually going by way too fast I feel like dude I met you when you were a freshman. a freshman oh my gosh like it was like the second week of when you were a freshman I say very special guest because I think you're the first person I like actually met that was new yeah in college yeah. like when it was you and audrey I believe. it was audrey and then isaac into, was in that room too yeah 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 so it was like me and isaac and then you just came into the room and yeah. i was like oh wow this is the first people i'm, I'm meeting yeah. ever in college yeah i remember so, yeah yeah that was a long time ago yeah it was a really Which long doesn't time even ago. feel that yeah but then I remember you showed me like this Korean sad song too that day, <laughs> like the first day I met you. Oh, really? Like, I forgot what it was. Uh, I think it was like every day. Every yeah, 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 yeah. It was that song by yeah. Paul Kim. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember like you, Misa, Aaron, and Emily and Jeannie went mm -hmm. to like Levensworth, and then like. Oh, and they Christmas? didn't tag yeah. you, and I was like, "Where's Kevin?" Oh, yeah. And he doesn't have a social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's but it's funny because like I feel like doing a podcast is kind of it is social media, so mm -hmm. now I do have mm -hmm. social media. <laughs> that's so cute. Hey guys, sorry to cut you off, but just wanted to leave a quick message from a sponsor that brought to you guys this episode. Well, I I wanted to talk about mental health during quarantine. Yeah. Or during the pandemic because <clears throat> It's funny because I, <coughs> Sorry. when I first, you're good. No, not Corona. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when I first, like, was asking you if you can, like, be on this podcast, I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to talk to her for an hour. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I, like, was in this English, I'm in this English class, and we're, like, able to write about whatever we want. And so, um, and, like, it has to do with the quarantine though and like i was just writing about mental health and then i was like okay maybe i should just talk about it mm -hmm. with you yeah. so um yeah and like <clears throat> i feel like 
as I was writing that essay, I just kind of realized, like, wow, this is a bigger problem for a lot of people and then, like, for myself yeah. as well. But in that essay, I wasn't able to write much about how I was personally dealing with it um, just because the whatever the essay prompt was about. But, um, yeah, so is mental health something that you're, like, dealing with? Yeah, wait. Especially during this pandemic or... Kevin, you yeah. actually caught me at a perfect time because um, uh-huh. in the last month and a half, I actually decided that I wanted to go to grad school to become a therapist. And so it's like perfect. And um, wow. I think a lot of therapists or people that are interested in psychology are, actually do struggle with mental health. Um, it's actually mm. like one of the most defining factors of like why or if not them, like then like people they love around them. Um, so that's like... That's crazy that wow, you... that is crazy. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my mental health, um, actually, this is something I've been learning about. And it's the fact that your body starts internalizing um, stimuli in the womb, like when you're in the stomach. And also, you're genetically predisposed to some like mental illnesses. And my dad, um, he has a mental illness. He has... Yeah, he has a mental illness, and then my mom also struggles with high anxiety, and then my sister as well. And so I think I'm, like, fully genetically predisposed to what those things were. Um, but what's really crazy is that since my my whole family is, like, high anxiety, when I was younger, ever since I was, like, born, um, <clears throat> I've always been constantly, like, bombarded with this, like, stimuli of anxiety that, like, but the weird thing is I never turned out to be, like, anxious. I mean, I do have anxious moments, but I don't necessarily struggle with anxiety. Um, and I think, like, the reason for that is because um, I think because there's a high stimuli, I kind of turn the opposite way to kind of balance it out to become, like, really kind of, like, calm in that, I think. Okay. Um but yeah, I definitely struggle with my own set of mental illnesses. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that I'm near <laughs> that I'm like Sorry. neurotypical. <laughs> I think so. I don't want to like go too much into it because I don't want to like take up too much okay. time. But I think for me, um, something I actually talked to a large group about for AIV was um, depression, and um, I think this is something that's like really widespread you know like like it's overly diagnosed and then a lot of people just overuse Mm -hmm. these terms right um and a lot of people think that depression is just like sadness right or it's just like i'm going Mm -hmm. through a breakup and i'm sad or like i'm feeling really sad yeah or like i feel suicidal but for me it's not necessarily like that at the beginning it was but more because i've been dealing with it since i was like 16 more Mm -hmm. it's like disassociation so I don't know if you know what that means, but it's like, like, like is that like physically? Are you talking about like physically not associating yourself? Or like, are, you, <laughs> are you talking about or, like when you not associate with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the way I describe it, it's like this is my body, and then like my essence of who I am, my personality, my emotions, my experiences, is like a mist outside of my body. And it's just, like, floating through life. Um, and the reason behind that is because, like, I'm a, high, I'm a highly emotional person. 
And so um, my body sometimes can't handle all the emotions that I feel, especially when I'm going through a really hard time, which is why I become like numb or disassociated. Like, I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but that's just our body being like, I can't handle this intense emotion right now. Whenever like people said like, talked about depression mm-hmm. not like oh i'm depressed but like i always like am curious about like what that necessarily means because like for me like i'm pretty sure everyone goes through a hard time and like i never associated any of my hard times with like oh i'm depressed yeah so like yeah. i feel like it's it's just a word that i've never really come to like no mm-hmm. because like oh yeah i'm sad but like i don't know I'm depressed when you say like you're disassociated with like yourself is this something that like you feel like a lot of people deal with because I don't <clears throat> I don't know like what does it mean to be depressed again yeah like, in a more... um well I think going back to like not knowing whether or not you have quote-unquote depression I think it's like mm. people don't necessarily need titles on it I think for some people when they have the title or a diagnosis like I'm mm-hmm. I have depression and it's important not to say I'm depressed but like I deal with the symptoms of depression um mm-hmm. because like you own your emotions you own that like it doesn't own you but I think some people feel really relieved after being like oh yeah I am depressed and some people feel like really like I have an issue you know and so like whether or not like you want to title yourself as that like I mean you can go to like a psychologist or a therapist but yeah you know like that's up to you you can choose not to like label yourself as that um yeah but I think depression so the way that I think about it it's like there's two types there's situational and there's like chemical and like situational depression is a thing like for example you go through a breakup or you get rejected or like even your someone you love dies like which are all legitimate yeah. things like all these forms are very legit um like and that's mm-hmm. more like sadness right and sometimes numbness yeah. because you can't deal with it but or loss of motivation because you're so sad but i think what more chemical is it's like um, I've been learning about this, but actually, um, a lot of trauma patients, they have higher stress levels, um, than other people and like their ability to pump out happy hormones, like dopamine, mm-hmm. serotonin, like are yeah. lower than other people. Like there's less receptors and less ability to release those. And so biologically you're at a disadvantage, you know, mm-hmm. cause you literally can't make the hormones that make you happy, you know? Um, yeah. And so with that, it's like really frustrating, you know, like, because it's not anything that you necessarily do. It's like your trauma or just the way you're genetically predisposed. And I think that fact is actually, oh, sorry, that fact is actually really um, like calming to some people to know that it's not necessarily their fault. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And the symptoms of that, it's like, it could be sadness. It could be loss of motivation to even like get out of bed or to eat. Mm -hmm. Um. It could be even overeating to like kind of numb the pain, like whatever people need to numb this. Like it could be overeating. It could be like, I don't know, watching movies. Um, A lot of depressed people like push people away um, because like the self-talk in their mind tells them like really negative thoughts. And it's actually linked to our um, sense of security too, of like, we don't deserve people. We're annoying. Like, 
we're ugly Mm -hmm. or like we're not deserving and all this stuff that um our mind like just naturally elevates when when we're in this depressed state yeah and then of course disassociation which i talked about yeah (laughs) you were just like listing those like last few things and i was like Ah. Oops. <laughs> just because <laughs> just because like if i if i'm like being honest like i think the reason i don't have social media at all yeah. is just because i personally was like okay i don't know how to deal with like it's not like people are like writing hate comments to me on on social media or anything right but it's more like i just i just couldn't take the fact that i'm constantly aware of other people's or like subconsciously aware of what people are up to. Yeah. And that's that's just been like something I just didn't know how to deal with. And like people are like, oh dude, wow, you're like you must be so strong mentally just to be able to like cut down social media. But it's like it's kinda like the opposite where I'm like it's not because I'm strong, but it's more like I don't know how to handle this. So I'm just like not on it and at all. Um but like I think during this quarantine specifically like it's like I don't have social media so like obviously it's like harder to know what people are doing unless I'm like actively seeking out them but um when you like were listening to things was because like that's exactly what I've been doing during this quarantine which is I don't know if you talk to anybody like they if you ask them oh how's Kevin up to I don't know if you asked probably not but like I have they don't okay yeah oh really okay well they they probably were like I don't know or if they didn't say that I'd be like wait how do they know are they stalking me (laughs) (laughs) we're all like we're all like the only person that knows is Aaron (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like I was okay with just having one just to keep myself sane but yeah I feel like even if I'm just talking to one person that's like it's still a problem I feel like for me just because I don't know I'm confused about why I don't just reach out Mm. and like um I I think the main like reason I'm doing this podcast is just because I realized that like I would go like maybe a few days without even like talking to anyone Mm. yeah because like I'm I'm at home right and so my parents are out working until like nine they come at 9 p.m so when they come at 9 p.m like i talk to them but like i don't i don't even talk to them in english because they speak korean right so like i i'm like wait i'm not speaking english English. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know how to speak so like i gotta i gotta do something and then like i was listening to the podcast at the time but um but yeah so like i just think that maybe i am like going through like You'd be going through it. It's okay. A lot of us are. But yeah. 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 Just because like I... Yeah. The biggest thing is like I'm scared that like people don't actually care. Right. Mm. But like it's kind of weird because like yeah like they might not care as much. But like well, I think what I've been hearing a lot is like I should be doing it because I care. Mm. Right. Instead of like if they care then I'll care. You mm. know. That's That's like... Okay. I sh- yeah. I think the first thing I should be thinking is like, okay, I care, so I'll do it. Or well, like, I'll invest into a relationship. I don't know. I feel like that's actually um, something that was kind of trained into our minds, especially as Asian kids. It's that like love is very. Sorry, there's a siren. I I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, but, it's fine. Um, <laughs> 
it's like that love is transactional and conditional and that we have to earn it you know mm. and that you have to like always be in someone's life and always like be providing something to earn that love but that's not necessarily true um like kevin just you as an example yeah like you've kind of been mia but you know like misa mm. and emily and i and probably genie too like we still talk about you a lot because like mm. it was that's that's the older crew you know and like we'll always reminisce <laughs> on that and like we always care for you and like people care more than they express you know just because they don't express it doesn't mean they don't care um mm. but i mean yeah. i did have a couple i had two questions for you in that okay <laughs> i'm the, yeah, <clears throat> what, what was that <laughs> <laughs> i'm the interviewer no i'm kidding but okay. um two yeah, things yeah. Um, one, it's like, are, do you, are you like, I, I think you're an introvert, right? Uh, yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So do you feel the need as an introvert to even, like, do you want company or does it feel more like an obligation? Uh, well, it's during this time, like quarantine time, like definitely in the beginning half, I'm like, oh wait, I'm like completely fine. I'm just doing my own thing kind of thing. And so I didn't, I didn't really feel a desire or need, especially, um, especially because there's a reason not to see people, kind of. But uh, I think this podcast can say for itself. But like, I just, I need, I like want it. Mm. Um, but I think the fact that I'm scared, like the rat, like the subconscious fear I told you about, like that, like trumps over. Like my desire to yeah. be yeah. with others. So, um, yeah, I think that's like a battle that's like in my head, and yeah. So like I I I definitely do yeah have this desire, but like I feel like it's being suppressed. Yeah. By. Do you almost feel like it's like you kind of missed your timing? Like, like it's been so long, you don't know how to reach out. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I yeah that's it's like well i actually talked to genie a few months ago a couple months ago mm -hmm. <laughs> a couple months i think it was a couple months ago and like, i kind of talked about this and she just kind of said like it was she just kind of assumed that i was like going through something she didn't really think of it as like oh kevin doesn't care about me mm, yeah which was which was comforting to hear but like for some reason I still was thinking, like, I just felt more guilt, mm. kind of. I think that's, like, and the like more confusion, but. transactional love programming that we have. It's, like, I haven't really given you anything for you to love me or to, like, love on me. And so, like. Or are you, wait, were you talking about that specifically to you, or? Oh, both. I think, like, it could okay, potentially okay. relate to you, but definitely relates to me. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I think like the last interaction we all kind of all had with you are like good memories, right? So it's like mm. our last interaction with all of us, I think it's like us joking around um, in like the LRC slash Alder and it's like saying see ya yeah. or like laughing about <laughs> Smurf being electri electrocuted <laughs> and like all those things. And so all of us have such a good precious memory of you in our heads and um, mm. once you have a place in our hearts like you always have and so that's why like Jeannie even like 
you know, like the fact that she assumed that there was something going on with you means that she cares, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Next question. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> next. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I guess next question was like, do you think there's a difference between like mental health and like emotional Oh, wow. Um, is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, do you, do you think there's a difference? Yeah. Uh, no. You know why? Because our emotions, mental is our brain, right? Our emotions mm. exist in our brain. I think a lot of people yeah. think our emotions exist in our heart. In our heart. Yeah. That, that our, doesn't make biological sense. Like Our, our heart is pumping emotions. <laughs> sadness, sadness, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no. Um, it's the same. I think it's the same thing. And, like, it's okay. one and the same. When you take care of your emotions, um, mm-hmm. you take care of your mental health. Because um, uh, I think, like, something I was talking to my therapist about, but there's certain emotions that we tend to neglect and the way she explained it to me, it's like, think of your emotions as like a child throwing a tantrum. And when a child throws a tantrum at the base, they only want like affection and connection, right? If you just ignore yeah. them, they're just going to scream louder, right? But if you sit down mm-hmm. and be like, oh, like, Uri-eki, like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you hit your head on yeah. the table, the tea table, you know, like all that <laughs> stuff. Like when you give yeah. them affection, they calm down. Same thing with their emotions. When you give them mm. attention and connection and you choose to embrace them, then that's when like you start those emotions start to calm down and your mental health stabilizes. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing, sorry I'm going off on this question, but it's just like something oh, I am fine. passionate about. It's like your emotions, something I've also been re- like learned about is the fact that all your emotions are there to help you, even though they're not helpful sometimes. For example, numbness mm. or sadness, like or hurt those are all things to help you like it's your body trying to signal to you something or like protect you from something like numbness is your body protecting you from not being able to feel those emotions um Mm. so like all your emotions are there to help you you just have to connect with them yeah i didn't i feel like i knew more about what emotional health felt like but i didn't i was more confused about mental health so i was like i don't know if they're the same thing or not Mm. or i didn't know what had to like make sense of both of them but um what what's like like you said before like you were more emotional mm-hmm. right and like sometimes you can't handle it mm-hmm. but like what emotion is like the emotion that you really can't handle yeah is it like yeah. you're so angry that you can't i'm so angry that i just <laughs> turned to hulk <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what or like yeah so that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I'm something what I'm. I can't talk. I'm something what you call an empath. Do you know what that is? I feel like I've heard that a lot, but I, just, I feel like I I've talked know. to you about it. But um, an yeah. empath is basically someone who can one is really intuitive to other people's emotions, so they can read people's mm. nonverbal cues just very naturally and the way they shift. And like even for me, I can feel people's emotions radiating off of them. I just got chills. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm an empath. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe you are. Um, yeah. But like I can feel people's emotions radiating off of them. So I can like read people really well. Two, mm. I take your emotions on as my own. 
um, naturally. Wow. And that... so if you're sad, if someone in the room is sad, I'm going to feel sad. If someone in the room is anxious, I'm going to feel anxious. And I'm like, before I knew this, I'm like, why am I feeling sad for no reason? Um, but when you're like this, you can actually, once you're aware of it, you can actually um, control it or compartmentalize. Mm. Like that's their emotions. These are my emotions, um, which is what I'm in the process of doing. But uh, to answer your question, the two emotions that I'm aware of. Okay, well, I think like when I feel a lot of people, other people's emotions, I start to get numb because my body can't handle that much like external stimuli. Yeah. Um, but number two, internally, it's the two emotions I feel most are guilt and like sadness, I think. Mm. Um, and I think with guilt, it's like a lot of, comes from like harsh parenting, I think. Like mm. I kept t talking about, it's like transactional love, um, I think especially from being a child from a divorced family, a lot of us feel guilt um, about that because guilt, yeah, it's like a lot of times children are so pure in that they think everything is their fault, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's like, oh, okay. you know, like I was, yeah. everything bad that happens to them, it's not it's literally how our brain works because the child is only able to think about themselves really they can't like they're not mm. able to like think like oh it's because my mom or my dad is going through something hard that they said those mm. words or it's because my dad and mom are fighting that they broke up for a lot of divorced kids mm. it's like like including me it's like it's my fault that they broke up or it's mm. my fault that my mom had to stay like in an abusive relationship and all mm. those things and so i think i just like naturally have a lot of guilt process into my trauma along with like that mm. sadness um i think i have a lot of unresolved like sadness um, from those things and certain things that will come up that trigger me like for example the holiday season it's like for me it's been what's what's 21 minus 7 what's 21 minus 7 <laughs> 13 13 no, 14 14 14, 14. <laughs> cs yeah. major um it's been <laughs> yeah Okay. Well, it's been 14 years since yeah. my parents have been separated, but mm. part of me, the child part of me still feels sad because, of course, I want to spend a Christmas with both my parents, you know, but um, mm. even as a 21-year-old woman, and maybe even until I'm like, I have my own kids, I'm still going to feel a little bit sad about that, you know, and so yeah. um, in the holiday season, whether or not I know it or not, I feel a little bit more numb and disassociated mm. because i feel a high level of sadness um and it's not necessarily i feel sad but it's like it's more in the back of my head you know because i've learned to deal yeah. with it but the inner child is still like really sad yeah hmm. so then like how like how do you deal with like all your yeah. feelings <laughs> Like, I'm so emotional. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think for one, I talked about like the biological aspect of depression. And for me, it's very controlled. And it's controlled for, um, in a biological sense, through medication. I, I am on medication to kind of up my happy chemicals. And it's not supposed to like make me overly happy, but it's more like because I have a lower kind of level of receptors than most. 
um, it just kind of raises me to an average level so I'm able to like function um, mm. which is actually like a lot of people have taboos and are scared about medication but that's something I actually really recommend and you don't actually have to go to a psychiatrist you can just go to your primary physician mm. like your doctor can prescribe those you know even the ER can prescribe those yeah um, ah. your therapist cannot but your doctor or like psychiatrist can um, and then number two I have been going to therapy since I was like 16 years old and yeah. I have gone to like four different therapists and my current one is the one who's helped me a lot the most mm -hmm. um, because I think when you're looking for a therapist it's really important not just for your therapist to listen but to actually have psychological practices um, that back mm -hmm. it so for example I'm doing something called EMDR and basically it takes so when we have trauma um, our body doesn't know how to differentiate between that traumatic moment and now and so what EMDR does it like takes a positive and happy emotion and it pairs it with that traumatic event and so when I and like it uses eye movement so she has like this little red stick and like my eyes like mm -hmm. go back and forth and it actually yeah. creates happy brain waves and a connection between the happy memories and the trauma event or happy emotions and so when I think about certain uh -huh. traumatic events it's like I don't feel so traumatized anymore I don't feel so sad it doesn't really have an effect on me um, mm. and then number three is just like my friends yeah. <laughs> which um, <laughs> it's like anyone can do it's like not anyone but um, it's not mm. money you know <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. I really need okay. my friends yeah yeah that's that's really a big thing I did realize especially like um, like uh, I don't I don't do therapy mm -hmm. with I actually was like considering but I never got myself around it um, and well the biggest thing I kind of realized up to this point during quarantine was like just really thinking about my intimate relationships mm, yeah and it's weird because like I don't really know much about like scientifically my brain and stuff like that mm -hmm. even though I took psych but like psych 101 I, baby I, <laughs> but like I really I don't really know but I, I think what I do kind of know at least for myself is that like I am or like my brain is just kind of just trying to fix all the problems mm. um even if I'm not thinking of the problem necessarily so like um because like I, I feel like I don't want to feel uncomfortable naturally right no one wants to feel uncomfortable right but then i feel like the problem with me with me like trying to figure out if i have intimate relationships or not is like i'm always internalizing all these problems that i can see or not see right so i think me not knowing if i have intimate relationships or like me maybe not having intimate relationships is like messes with me internally just because i'm internalizing so many things you can internal like you can internalize things all you want but like you're just i feel like you're just gonna get more deeper into this like hole yeah like, yeah you like how like i don't know how to figure it out anymore because i just don't know where i am yeah. and so um yeah and i feel like that's such a big reason to have intimate relationships just because like even if it's like a person you can just talk to about anything which i feel like is really it's been hard to like do that 
which is so weird because I, I feel like I can like give myself so many reasons to be forth in a relationship like in friendships right mm -hmm. but then like it's just weird because like one simple fear can like trump it all I don't yeah. So, yeah like yeah that's yeah it's like such a like a dilemma I would say right yeah um wait I think um sorry yeah no, I think ahead. that what you said is a really important point it's like our friends and intimate relationships when you're going through a hard time, you can spiral inside of your mind because your mind tells you a lot of lies. But when you stop in your tracks and it's like, hey, what it, I'm going to externalize with a friend. And they have mm. like more input and are able to be like, yeah. that's a lie, what you're thinking. You know, that's not true. Or maybe that is true. Yeah. Let's like, let's talk about it. Um, it's really important yeah. because a lot of times we're not thinking logically when we're just inside of our brain. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I feel like when I'm thinking like alone, all I'm really doing is just asking myself the same question, and like not really getting to anything. Yeah. And but then like when I'm talking to someone, it's more like I never prepped what I was gonna say, but like I feel like I'm I feel like I don't know if I'm actually figuring something out, but at least I feel like it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so like I feel like that's that's been so big for me just like talking yeah <laughs> um I don't, I don't know if this is weird i think but like i started recording myself mm. like just talking to myself i do that too um, i do that too <laughs> yeah yeah it's, so like I, this whole podcast was just gonna be me talking to myself <laughs> not not having any guests or anything in like reality that. i'm just like cut out you're like don't send yeah. me the recording don't send me the recording i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I was, I was basically gonna do that but then like it was it was just way too hard like i would even yeah it was, it was just way too hard but um yeah okay anyway <laughs> i feel like it, <laughs> i'm gonna keep this part in where we go like anyway yeah. <laughs> um i came across a question uh that like when I was, like, asking myself, I was like, wow, this is really hard for me to answer. Um, but it was, when was the last time you were genuinely happy? Did you look at, um, <laughs> what is it, 73 Questions to Fall in Love from New York Times? <laughs> no, I'm not on New York Times. But oh, um, I don't know that's one of the questions is. on there. It's, like, to, how to genuinely get to know someone. When's the t last time you are genuinely oh. happy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, right now? <laughs> nope <laughs> false um, actually um, so about two weeks ago I went to Hawaii with my sister and dad oh and nice. um, yeah it was safe we got tested and don't come at me please but anyways <laughs> um, so basically I haven't spent time with my sister and dad since I was like or those two only together since I was like eight. Um, and I actually wasn't going to go on this trip. Like I didn't want to because like it's hard for me honestly to spend time with my dad and sister. Um, mm. But my sister begged me. She's like, Addy, I could really use this trip. Um, I'll only go if you go. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. I guess I'll go to Hawaii. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, on this yeah. trip, 
I think it's like seeing that much green and like I wore no makeup and like I was just like my skin mm. was glowing and like I was eating <laughs> so much like fresh fruit which is like my favorite food mm. and it's and like going on like walks and stuff I think and then like it's been a very long time since I spent time with my dad and since then my dad has had two children um, my little sister and little brother <clears throat> and um, has changed a lot and I never gave him a chance to kind of prove that because I just like had these conceptions about him rightfully so um, that I never gave him the chance to kind of like show the new him um, but this was a trip where I finally got to like experience that with him and uh-huh. like we had so many great laughs um, as my dad is really weird like if dude like i'm genetically a little bit weird dude like it's like a little cuckoo (laughs) yeah my my dad's really weird um and my sister is even weirder um and so we're just like giggling and like laughing together and like on our last night there my dad drank a little bit too much wine (laughs) okay (laughs) he's over 21 so he can do that Uh (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah, he um, got a little bit sentimental and like he started playing this like these like old Korean music the type you hear at like Palto World and like singing along and being like, This is what your mom and I used to sing and I was like, Okay, I feel uh, really weird, but okay. And then like yeah. he pulled up this like old like country like howdy <laughs> kind of music. Um, and what? the lyrics were basically yeah. like you grew up while I was away. And he's like, my dad was like, I used to cry when I couldn't see you guys. Um, Because my dad worked a lot too. And I think a lot of Asian kids can relate. Maybe their parents work so much, you barely get to see Uh them. Um, So my dad was like, the lyrics were like, while you were, while I was away, you like grew up and I never got to see it. Um, And he was telling me how he like cried when he like would play that music and was on like business trips or like away from us. And I was like so touched because I didn't think, you don't think of your dad like, my dad's kind of big, like, like, (laughs) you don't Uh think of them as someone who's like capable of crying or being sad or sentimental, but my dad Mm -hmm. did. And I felt a sense of like such deep comfort and happiness um, just laughing with my dad that night and my sister. It was like truly a revolutionary like moment in my life where yeah. I felt really healed and like at peace. That was when I wow. felt joy. Last time I did, yeah. Wow, that's that's actually so great. Like I feel like so great. You're about <laughs> to sing a country that. song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Do you want to talk about when you you last felt healthy? When I felt genuinely happy? Wow. It's funny because there was a college essay Mm -hmm. before I came to college about, it was just one question. It was like, what makes you happy? Mm -hmm. And like, it was so hard for me to write that essay. Like I, it took me like for two weeks, I was like, okay, I have nothing down. And you're like, I, I wrote, am not I, applying to this college anymore. <laughs> Basically. But, like, what I did write was, like, about money. And then, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think my first line was, like, 
money can buy happiness uh, <laughs> and then i well i i tied it into like my family not being financially well and like oh okay, I was like, okay yeah, if yeah. i have money then but um last time i felt genuinely happy um so like i had an internship over the summer and like when i got it i was like so ecstatic mm, right yeah um and like so happy because like i think another thing i like think in my head always is like something bad is always gonna happen mm, like yeah 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 i'm if like i'm gonna do something like oh the bad thing is always gonna happen mm, yeah, yeah. not not the good one and so like when i got that i was like i was like triggered in a good way <laughs> like wow something good could actually happen mm, right yeah. and so i'd say that but then i think like in a more or less worldly sense, I would think like, um, like me talking to a friend right now is like, yeah. And I think that because like, I, for me, like every time I like, every Saturday, I try to like get someone to talk to. And like, it's only been like three, but like, I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. And, like, I think it, it it does have to do with, like, me not being as active socially throughout the week. Yeah. And so this, yeah, this is, like, oh, wait, this gets me so up. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that, I think, I think it. it's so, such a blessing to hear when people talk about uh, small things. And it's, like, talking with friends, mm-hmm. it's not a small thing, but it's a smaller thing, right? Than like mm-hmm. vacation or like yeah getting married or all those things right like uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's like yeah it's such a blessing to hear when people take joy in like the little things for sure yeah. mm. i feel like we've been talking about this but what's been undermined the most during this pandemic i guess oh yeah well i think the thing that god has been pressing most into my heart is family um Mm. i actually at the beginning of quarantine i was like i was set in my mind where i was like honestly this is kind of mean but i was like friends over family like i don't i don't really i love my family really deeply but i like my friends more you know um but i Mm -hmm. think being forced to stay home for seven months and this was the first time i lived with my sister and mom in like three years right or actually with my sister for like seven years or six years um and it was uncomfortable at first like because um, my mom's apartment's really small my sister and i share a queen bed um and it's really uncomfortable but um <laughs> like sometimes i'll like turn and her face is right there and i'm like but, <laughs> um, but anyways yeah um, i think during this season of life like just knowing it's just become so clear to me that family are people that are there for you no matter what like Mm. even if i because i think for me and i keep talking about like transactional love because that's something i truly am trying to rewire in my life but it's like for me i with all my friends i feel like i have to earn it and consistently earn it like actually like i have to feel needed to feel secure in a friendship i think a lot of times like i need Mm. you to come to me for like hard times and things like that but with family like no matter what even if i'm like hella rude well my voice just cracked hella rude or hella like 
numb or like just not a good child which you shouldn't do but yeah i do sometimes it's like they still love me and like um also just like with my dad spending that time with my dad it's like there's so much grace and um that people aren't always just one person for their life like people change and if you can have the heart to like have grace for people and to allow them to show that you know you that people aren't fixed for their whole life you know people change and I think I've just like really valued family this quarantine in a way that I've never done before at all because like Mm. gotta be honest I never really valued family before this quarantine but now it's like my life Mm. it's my like number one priority I feel like just hearing that and like this year has been like so changing for Mm. you I feel like and i mean i expected things to like change just because we haven't seen each other mm-hmm. or like talked in a long time but like when something changes with family like for, at least for me it's such a big deal yeah like i think one thing for me was like like talking with my dad about something i've been like holding a grudge on and like when i released that i was like holy <laughs> like this is crazy <laughs> like, yeah. i can't believe i'm doing this but then at the same time, I feel like, wait, this is not that big of a deal. Like, what was I so scared of? But yeah, I think it's so great when, like, you can do that with your family and just, like, be honest. Um, but yeah, that was, like, all my questions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been doing this in every the past few episodes, but, like, I, I was just giving it over to the other person. Yeah. And, like, do you have questions for me? <laughs> Um, I know I didn't ask you to prep anything, but yeah, no, I actually do. Um, I yeah. one thing I was just curious on. It's yeah. like I wanted to ask this before, but um, there just wasn't timing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what makes someone like a safe space for you? Like, for example, I'm assuming that oh. Aaron is a safe space for you to like feel like you can tell things to. I could be wrong. Oh. <laughs> Expose, oh, okay. but you know, like, what makes someone a safe? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what makes someone a safe space to you? Oh, wow. Okay, I think what really kind of makes a safe space, or like, makes me feel safe, if the other person like reciprocates in some way, mm. like that's kind of it. Like, I don't. I feel like I can say anything, really. Like, it's just that I don't really put myself in the opportunity. I don't know. Yeah, but like. Yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel like, like if someone asks you, yeah. you're more than willing to answer, but you just won't outwardly yeah. be like, yeah, I'm going through something yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it just feels weird to do that. I feel like, for me at least, I can't speak for other people, but for me, and like, I think it's like, we, I feel so touched when someone opens up to me, you know? Like, even if you're my, like, best friend, like, if you op- come to me, and like say you're going through something or like you decide to like take a question that I ask you because I ask a lot of deep questions like seriously and Mm. answer it because I think a lot of people are just like haha that's so deep see ya (laughs) you know but um I think when people answer those deep questions seriously and are willing to open up I feel so touched and so blessed All right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode with Addie. If you want to be updated on anything that goes on with this podcast, just make sure to go follow 
me on Instagram and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. I feel like I've been pretty productive lately with this podcast, so I think I'll be posting every Friday now. But yeah, if you wanted to, you make sure to go leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. But yeah, thanks for listening again, and I'll see you next week.